Hey, Hey, beautiful souls. souls. Welcome to Mammology. We're your hosts, Natasha and Christina. We're two moms and best friends who birthed this paw baby to blow the lid off of the motherhood experience and rid mamas everywhere. Is that lonely? Am I the only one feeling this way? So join us every Wednesday in a new episode where we have candid conversations around motherhood, wellness, and so much more. Because being a mom is a huge part of who we are, but not all of it. We'll discuss hot topics, introduce you to awesome guests, and always sip a new drink to review and rate at the end of the show. Whether you want to laugh, cry, or take your own time out, we got you, boo. What do you think of when I say the word September? School. Did you like going back to school or you didn't like going back to school? Uh, I liked it. You did? Yeah. Okay. I liked I liked the initial going back to school, like the first month. Yeah. Depends. Are we talking high school? Are we talking elementary school? Are we talking college, university? Ooh, oh, my College, gosh. university. I was like, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> elementary school and high school, I was like, yeah, bitches, let's go shopping. I have my outfit ready to go. I loved it. Oh my gosh. To this day, September is like the worst month for my husband. Why? He hate like when it's back to school commercials, he's like, I've been out of school for like years. I still get knots in my stomach. I'm like, did you hate it that much? He's like, I hated it. Really? Yeah. Aww. We're just talking about September and he's like, oh, September school. <laughs> I'm like, you're in your 40s, man. Let it go. <laughs> but like school now. Mm-hmm bless the children and bless those teachers because i feel like that's a whole different bag of emotions coming up into this new school year with just everything that we've been going through lately yeah because they don't even know what to expect you don't even know what to expect it's so unknown yeah like at least we had the back to school commercials Mm -hmm. you know the new pencils the binders the whole thing it was great right we knew what to expect yeah like the the biggest worry probably for us was if we were going to be in the same class as our friend. A hundred. You know? A hundred percent. Yeah. So, I don't know. But their worries are like, (laughs) can I go back to school? Will it be opened? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because they they make decisions so last minute. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. So, September is literally around the corner. Probably actually... While this is being released, it's, yeah, probably a week or two away. Mm-hmm. Um, and parents everywhere are probably not cheering in excitement mm-hmm. to send their little ones off to school, but are rather holding feelings of anxiousness of the unknown. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I, I, like, I always remember parents being like, it's September. Like, the kids are, like, because they're so excited to not have to worry about putting their kids in camp and like worrying about what they're doing because the parents are still working right yeah but i don't feel the same type of i don't know energy like i think parents are excited but they're still like have their wall up yeah like they've been lied to right like you know that feeling like you're like i'm excited this is a good thing Mm -hmm. but like when are you gonna pull a fast one on me exactly and i'm gonna have to do like online learning again with my kids so no questions are really answered and we can't see how the future looks whether it's the next couple months or the next couple of years or even longer (laughs) however what we're focusing on today is the unknown of what school will look like in the coming weeks and how parents will navigate our work and home life so Today, we brought a special guest who can help us with these feelings and provide tips on how to help our children and us (laughs) transition into a new school year, whatever that may look like for you. So she is a mama of three, a teacher of over 15 years, a dog mom to an adorable lab husky and even a plant mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's hard. That's, yo. I'm sorry. Keeping a plant alive is way harder than keeping All all my plant children are dead. (laughs) I have killed a cactus. (laughs) Me too. How? How is that even possible? They need nothing. (laughs) 
And on top of all of that, she recently published her first children's book entitled Catching Kindness, which you can purchase on Amazon. She literally had our mouths drop from an incredible story that she shared with us that you need to listen to in this episode. Um, It may have to do with a renovated floor and a baby, but we won't tell anymore. But what we will say, okay, is that this woman is so accomplished. We took a lot away from this conversation. We know that you will too. And we found the perfect drink to pair with this discussion because it's Mm -hmm. for women or parents, anyone that has very hectic schedules that need a little boost of vitamins in their daily routine. So we are so excited to tell you about Orange Naturals. It's called Mag Pop. With an exclamation point. You know, when you use punctuation in the title. You got me. Yeah. You know? So should I say mag pop? (laughs) Or mag pop? (laughs) Yeah. Not just mag pop. (laughs) Because there's an exclamation point. Anyways, so this is um, an effervescent like powder that you mix with water. It has vitamin C in it, electrolytes, like. Skip skip the Tylenol, skip the Gatorade the next morning yeah. if you had a little bit too much wine with your gals. Yeah. And just throw one of these packets in some water. Besides the exclamation point, you also had me at electrolytes. Yes. And it's actually way better than a Gatorade because it's a little packet mm. of powder, but then you can gauge how much, like, it tells you how much water you should mix with it. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to stretch out the contents of this package, just add a little more water. And you're getting like way more mills than you would in Gatorade. Yeah. And you don't get all that sugar crap. That's just the couponing side of me, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And it's great for maintaining health and metabolism. Oh my God. Just saying all the right things to me. So we're making, you know, a lot of fun jokes, but that's what we're drinking today. And it's literally just saying everything that we want to hear. So we are going to sip this. I'm not going to lie to you guys because you guys are like family. We've been <laughs> sipping on this for like a couple of weeks now. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> no, leave it for the end. Yeah. Let's get right into it. Introducing the wonderful Trisha. Trisha. Bye. See ya. Well, this is my very first podcast. So Yay. I'm like, man, so excited we could be your first. I can talk and there's wine. So it can't be that bad. Exactly. <laughs> That's the reason why we uh, have wine. <laughs> yeah, like we have a guest. We need, we have to drink wine. It's <laughs> special. There's like, any good excuse, right? Good excuse. Exactly. Any good excuse. Okay. So firstly, we want mm-hmm. to say we are so happy that you're joining us today. Thank you. Um, we're really grateful for Callum. He has been like, <laughs> I can't even explain Callum. He's just been this like little light that has just is always thinking about us and thinking about his friends and always connecting people. So I'm very grateful for him for introducing us. Yes. And, yeah. And so pretty much what we want to do is we want you to just say who you are, what's your story, what's your background, just so our audience knows who you are. Okay, so I, my name's Trisha Gordon. Um, I am primarily a mom of three and a nine-year-old fur baby who is a lab husky and drops fur all over my house every day and makes my cleanup all much more fun. Do you have a rumba? And no, because it would die. <laughs> it cannot handle the fur content that happens in my house. Um, but yeah, I've been married for, how old's my son? Six years. My husband and I met um, on a rugby field. He's a rugby player. I was also a rugby player and I was in rugby shorts and carrying a pitcher of beer. And then the story goes on from there. Um, We have very colorful friends. Uh, And I've been teaching for a long time now. I think I'm going into my 17th year teaching. And out of all those years, um, the last 14 have been at my current school up in our small town and in kindergarten plus or minus three mat leaves but yeah um and I did one year in special ed too but okay. kindergarten's kind of been like where I stood and where I land and I spend all my other time I guess organizing my kids sports and stuff for the school I'm really involved in the community and yeah and then I wrote my first book I my first children's wait. book. Yeah, I can't wait to talk about that. That's such a big accomplishment. That's so cool yeah. to say. Yeah. Yeah. It, it took a while. It yeah. took a while to sink in. 
if someone were to like meet you at a park when you were with your kids and they asked you what you did for a living, would you hesitate, like hesitate to say author or would you just forget to say author because it's the newest thing that you you've done? Yeah. I, I would never introduce myself as an author. I would just say I'm a kindergarten teacher. So crazy. So I asked yeah. you that because before we jumped on the call with you, uh, Christina and I were chatting and she was at the park the other day and she's like, I can't believe I didn't say that I was a podcaster when I was having a conversation with a mom. I just said what my day job was and I don't know why Why? I did that. And so I wonder if it's just moms in general have so many different titles (laughs) that we don't feel like we want to start rattling them off all the time or we just forget or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's funny. I've never thought of it in that context before. And I mean, it's all very new to me too. So I just, it's also something not, I'm not at all embarrassed, but it was very embarrassed is not the right word. It was very intimidating Mm. putting words on paper that came from my own. And I do it all day long. Like I've created resources in my classrooms. I make up stories on the fly. Like it's nothing new, but putting it down for family and friends to see and people that I know Mm -hmm. is way more intimidating than the random stranger. Yeah. I would never put myself as an author first. I definitely mom comes first and then teacher wife gets thrown in there somewhere amongst all of that. Oh my God. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so bad for my husband. He's always somewhere on the list. Like, That's yeah. a whole other topic. I feel like that could be. Oh, oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's one that like, doesn't get spoken about a lot. Cause I know my husband has made comments like, you know, I feel like I'm kind of you kind of forget about me sometimes. And then I'm like, no, I, I do. Yeah. I do forget. It. Yeah. Because you're just so overwhelmed with everything that the people that can handle themselves, you're like, okay, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're fine. You're fine. I do that with my six-year-old. He's like, why do you always ask me to do everything? I'm like, because you can. <laughs> Hands down. If you are capable, you're taking stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. I know. They do get left behind a little bit, but he he's really supportive and good in his own way. So that's good too. So can you tell us um, what your book is called and what it's about? Because mm-hmm. people need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's called Catching Kindness, an Infectious Tale. And um, it's about basically how not to be scared of people. Um, I think Catching Kindness is a concept that um, we started at our elementary school a long time ago. And I, it was during anti-bullying week. And I just didn't like how everything was stop bullying, no bullying. It's always negative connotation. Mm -hmm. So one of my mentor teachers, she's now living life and retired. um, Her and I came up with a concept of catching kindness. And we gave every student in the school, like a giant pink sticker, happy face sticker. And we did like basically like a secret Santa in every classroom. So you had to draw a name. And then sometime during that one day, you had to catch that person doing something kind and then stick them with a sticker And then if you didn't, if everyone didn't catch them at the end, then we did affirmations at the end of the day, just so everyone went home wearing a sticker. And then we even did it amongst staff, which was really fun because people were chasing each other around with stickers all day. Um, Just to put a positive spin on it and look for the good instead of just stopping the bad. Um, Because if everyone was kind, then there wouldn't be any bullying. Right. In a utopian world. But um, so that idea has been with me for a long time. And then with the book, Um, my four-year-old daughter started playing quarantine with her Barbies and I was like, cause my best friend who, um, she is a single mom and she was six months pregnant during the, one of the lockdowns. There's so many, I forget now. And she, her daughter caught COVID from the daycare where our kids went to. And because she's a single mom, she had to self-isolate for 28 days, not 14. Why? Because because she cannot physically socially isolate, socially distance from her daughter who has COVID because she's the only caregiver. So public health made her quarantine for a month. So her, and she, she tested negative the whole time. Her daughter tested positive. She tested negative six months pregnant. She had to quarantine 14 days after her daughter's quarantine was done. So my daughter's like, why can't we go see TT? And I was like, because she's in quarantine, she's in quarantine. And then she started playing court. And I was like, why is my daughter knowing this word? And again, it just, it, and a lot that I saw with kids in school, just being scared to be near other people. And 
the big thing behind the book, just the same thing with Catching Kindness Day in our school was I wanted to put a positive spin and be like, it's okay. And so the whole premise behind the book is kindness is a virus that you can catch, but it's a good one. And how you, when you catch it, you have a job to do, you can spread it, you can catch it here or there. So it's just putting a positive light on that word virus and infectious and all those words that all of our kids know right now. And a lot of kids are scared Mm -hmm. and or nervous or cautious. And that's so against natural children behavior. Like they are inquisitive, they touch, they play, they're close, they're in your space. And to see kids who are like, oh, you're in my space or don't hug or they, it's just, it's so unnatural. And it's sad because they should be allowed to be free and experience and touch. Touch is a huge tactile part of of play. So anyways, the whole reason why the book kind of came to be was I was, I was sad. I was sad. My daughter was playing quarantine with her Barbies and I was like, how can I shed a little kindness in the world, a little happiness and remember that people are not scary. Yeah. It's so serendipitous because you said that you had this idea from like a year ago or however long and you were, oh, you know, eight years ago, eight, eight years. years. Ago. Yeah. yeah. And it tied in with what's happening, happening now globally. It just seems like the perfect time for this book to be coming out and for people to be reading it. Yeah. And then at the end of the book, I also put in more so because I envisioned it being used like as a teaching resource. But um, after a very in-depth conversation with one of my best friends over a bottle of wine or two, but we got into like, he's like, it shouldn't just be for teachers. This was like two nights before I I published it. And he's like, parents need to have that conversation too. So the, the last page of the book is, it says, start the conversations and it's conversation prompts of how to prompt either your class or your child, how to talk about it how to promote kindness, how do you see kindness, how do you feel kindness, what was a time when. So all those natural prompts that teachers use every day, but parents don't often know how to start the conversation. So that was a piece that I added at the end. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy that you directed your book to something like positive. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's been it's been fun. It's been a really interesting time to just finally do something that I always wanted to do. Right. But uh, being a school teacher, like I know that um, a big focus of this episode, we really wanted to pick your brain because you're mm-hmm. a teacher and a mom and such a great resource for everyone who's listening about school mm-hmm. and in-person school. It's in-person school. It's not e-learning. It's in. Oh, no, it's definitely in-person school. Online school is a whole nother beast. People are nervous. Not just about kindergarten. Kindergarten's nerve-wracking for parents anyways. Mm. Like yeah. most of getting ready for kindergarten is preparing the parents, not the kid. We were just talking about this when we were talking about uh, Natasha just put her son into daycare for the first time. <gasps> I'm still trying to find a daycare that will accept me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we were just talking about like how it's almost something needed for us <laughs> more so than the kids sometimes. Oh, 100% it's harder on the moms and dads, but moms, um, than it is on the kids. Like everyone, every parent will be like, oh, well, you know, she does okay at daycare, but she cries or he cries or I'm like, it's okay. They'll stop. And, and she, but what if they don't? I'm like, they'll stop. Yeah. But what if they don't? I'm like, they'll stop. You can go and cry in your car when you drop her. But what happens if she clings? I'm like, you leave them and then you go cry in your car. And I will call you at first recess and tell you they're playing with their friends every single time. Really? And I think only once in 14 years, I had one little guy. He graduated last year and he cried every day, every morning, like door clinger. Mom would have to like try and throw him in the door. I'd be like, okay, come, come with me. And she'd be like, I'm gone. And he, every day, he never, he, he would be fine the second he walked, but t- from September till June, he cried every morning. And it was just because he loves his mommy and that's okay. So what would be a tip that you would tell a parent, how do they can prepare for that transition then for themselves and what they can do to help their kid with that as well? Generally coming into kindergarten, the best thing you can do is just try and have your child gain independence. So you think about buying all these really nice lunch bags and backpacks and coats and they're fancy and they're cute. Um, 
lunch containers like bento boxes are like my nemesis in this world. They're amazing. It's great that everything goes in there. They can't open or close them and they're really heavy. So when you pull in a full bento box and a water bottle and, you know, whatever else is coming and going with them between school, like they fall over backwards. All the little worries, I know you overthink everything. They just need to be able to, as much as possible, put on their own shoes. Velcro is the only way. Laces are (laughs) awful, awful things. Unless they can tie them and power to you, but I've never met a three-year-old that can tie their own shoes. Yeah. Um, Because some of them start at three in JK. Like my two youngest children both go in at three and a half. So, yeah. And then having snack containers that they can open and close themselves is awesome because it's a time where there is a soup, like some point of supervision in the the classroom, but the more they can do by themselves, the faster they eat, the faster they eat, the faster they're happy. And they're like leveled for the day. And they're proud of themselves that they can do and don't have to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything with backpacks. Like I literally back to school shopping. I took my kids to the store with me and it was like, okay, what backpack you want that one? Go try the zippers. And if they couldn't open and close zippers, I'm like, we're not buying it. I don't care what's on it. But there's sometimes 30 kids in a classroom. And, you know, if someone's waiting, like I've seen little people just like so anxious to get home and they're trying to pack their stuff and get, and they're just stuck. They're stuck and they get so frustrated. So it's the little things that actually help them more in the long run. Mm -hmm. And obviously like you want them to be potty trained, drop their naps before kindergarten. Um, Drop their, naps There's, before drop their naps before kindergarten. There is no sleeping in kindergarten classrooms. So daycare will still offer like a lie down time, yeah. whether they sleep or they don't, it depends on every child. There is no nap time in kindergarten. Yeah, that's true. Is kindergarten still, I hope I'm not like talking about my age here. Is kindergarten still half days? Like no, 12. <laughs> no. So it changed. No. And you're not, ta- it's not when I started, well, now I'm talking about my age. When I'm started. when I started teaching kindergarten, I used to have full day alternate days. So I had a, a two classes up to like 20 something kids. So one group would come Monday, Wednesday, the other group would come Tuesday, Thursday, and they would rotate Fridays. So now the government went into full day kindergarten. Um, we're looking at six, seven, maybe eight years ago now. And now they go full day every day. So they are tired. Yeah. So getting ready for kindergarten is making them independent. Um, Talking about it, driving by the school, talking about the yard, where they're going to line up, anything you can right now. Um, It's really hard because like I I mentioned before, we usually have um, a welcome to kindergarten night. And that's something that all schools in Ontario do. And They bring them in in June. They get to go into a kindergarten classroom, kind of see the space. They get to test out a bunch of activities. They get a little goodie bag at the end of the night. The parents get like a whole question and answer forum where like a small presentation and they get to answer. We answer every question you can think of. And then they go home and it's like an hour long and the kids feel like they've already been there. Mm. Where now it was virtual and it's an interview with parents and it's not necessarily their teacher because we don't know whose class everybody's in and so it was a little bit different um so for a lot of little guys they're coming in blind like they haven't seen the inside of a kindergarten classroom yeah that's a shocker that was like the daycare it's the same yeah the same with daycare um they just eliminate tours tours just even even that transition period of like just being there at the the first day of lunch you know at daycare we can't do that anymore so I don't know if it was more difficult for me or for the son, for my son, but um, I don't know. Like it's a big adjustment. We we even said like the fact that you had to just kind of like give him to the teacher at the front door and you couldn't walk in, mm-hmm. like eliminating that part where you can walk in with them, and be like, oh wow, look at these toys, look at these books, like here's your hook, let's put your yeah. shoes down, give mommy a hug, and like even for. We gave birth before COVID, but one of the reasons why I even did one of those like hospital classroom things was because the selling point was you go on a tour of the hospital and you get to see the suite that you're in. And I'm one of those mental um, visual people that want to know where I'm going to be and how it's going to look because it's going to be a big, scary, scary moment for me in time. So I always think about that as an adult. So it must be challenging for a little tiny 
human being. Yeah, just to get dropped off and you'd be like, sorry, bye. Later. Bye. <laughs> so being on that note, being a teacher and being a mom, how are you doing? <laughs> how are you? Right now, great, because I have a glass of wine. Um, <laughs> I'm good. You know what? I, I have to say, I it took a while to kind of learn how to rebalance everything with all of us. Like, my husband works from home. Mm-hmm. So, and our house is a very busy place. So, trying to keep three kids and a dog entertained while teaching and all the rest was a big juggle on my part um, because it primarily fell on my shoulders. Yeah. Um, and we did, honestly, we had no help other than my savior of a neighbor. I'm so thankful for her. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember the day that they tried to shut down parks and I cried. Mm-hmm. I, I, I legit cried. And I was like, you can't. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing we have right now. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do with my kids? Uh, and it was just the groundhog day over and over. Um, but with everything, there is always sunshine. And when the nice weather came and we could actually get outside and go on hikes and just not be in our house. But yeah, we are good now. I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I was excited to go back to school in September and my kids would go back to school and the baby goes back to daycare. And I get, I know I'm going back in with 28 other people's children of the same age of my kids, but it's actually easier than sometimes being home yeah. because they listen to me. My own, my own kids don't. <laughs> That's how it always goes, though, I hear. so Yeah, yeah. So I'm good. I'm good. And I think every mom through the past year and a half deserves a big hug and a pat on the back for, and parents, mind you, I shouldn't just specify moms. Dads do a great job, too. But I feel like for a lot of my friends, it, it fell on women. And a lot of women I know, like myself, were forced or had no choice or childcare, and they had to stop working. Yeah. And it was a little bit like 1950s all over again. What are some like protocols that are now going to be set in place if you haven't had that discussion already with like the school board for this upcoming September that maybe parents can expect? Like kindergartens, kindergartners aren't expected to wear masks. No. Okay. No, they're the only grade that wasn't. It originally started, yeah, one to eight was always supposed to wear masks. Um, And then they... Yeah. And then kindergarten, it's encouraged, but not mandatory. And then somewhere through the school year, sometime through the school year last year, they made them start wearing masks outside at recess. Do do you notice, I don't want to like keep talking about COVID, but it's such a big part of our lives. And now, especially with school being um, up and coming, um, you notice like a disconnect being able to connect with children when you're wearing a mask. Like, I feel like facial expressions are so important for kids to be able to recognize certain cues or emotions. I don't know. What, what, what's your take on that? I always thought that was very interesting. You are very right. That was my biggest, I was like, can't I just wear the face shield so they can see me and like still see my face? It was like, no, um, I was obviously very careful about not being your kids but like trying to teach phonics and like what does the letter b sound make you can't see my mouth so and it's just teaching kindergarten is literally it's all facial expressions when you're reading a story when you're trying to like communicate with them even if i'm trying to give them like my mrs gordon face like you're out of line they need the whole piece yeah so but i was notorious for put having my face shield on and be like good morning and like pull my mask down and just give a smile because they need that. Like they are reading every body, every piece of your body language. They're looking for all that information and that's what makes them comfortable. That's what makes them feel safe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really feel that we tried really, really hard last year as a team to try and make kindergarten as normal as possible in a very abnormal sort of state of being Mm-hmm. and to try and make them feel happy and safe and to love school because that's what it's all about like it parent-teacher interviews in November they'll ask me how are they doing are they making friends and I'm like before we go on are they happy coming to school because if that answer is yes then we've won like that's that's the game if they're happy coming in every day everything else will fall into place mm-hmm. so that was we just didn't want them to be scared I just have, like I just salute all teachers during this pandemic. Me too. I, I don't. I don't know how you guys do it. I, I truly don't like just trying to. 
entertain and and keep my own son like sane and 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 happy and not scared and active and is is a job on its own but to do that and other children is just i and then to try and do it virtually like I and then taking like parents's like feelings into account as well yeah. it's just we always knew teachers were special people and <laughs> covid has made it even more evident mm-hmm. yeah i do for ed yeah, for anyone who who went through it this year as a parent or as a teacher at home or at school, even parents trying to be teachers at home through virtual learning, like, totally. God bless you all. It's hard. It's hard trying to teach your own kids. Yeah. Has there been any, like, challenges that you've noticed children go through today, like, during the pandemic in comparison to when you taught before the pandemic that maybe parents don't recognize? There's a lot, actually, more so than is probably a lot of people know about. And I know about more of the challenges from being a parent, not as a teacher. What I see in my classroom is, you know, half of it. But kids hold it together when they're at school, virtually or in class. Like, they really try and put their best foot forward for the most part. Um, The biggest thing in school that you see with kids is that they're scared to approach each other. They're scared to get close. They're scared like that there's like a, an invisible wall around a lot of them, unless they're in each other's bubble and then they, they kind of just stick together. Um, there's a lot less activity and a lot less laughter at school too, because they couldn't hear each other. They're wearing masks. They can't talk. You're not reading their facial. You're not getting the eyes across the yard for the older kids. So you get the eyes, but nothing else. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that like social context was kind of taken away from them. Mm-hmm. Plus they were put into cohorts. So they weren't different grades like usually all go on the yard together and they get to see friends that were in different grades they couldn't well that because they now. it didn't through covid no they split up the school so not the whole school wasn't out all at the same time so they all had different areas of the field where certain classes were allowed and other ones weren't instead of like primary intermediate or a junior sorry primary junior intermediate yards where like all the grade fives and sixes are together mm-hmm. you could have like grade one's out, grade seven's out, grade five's out. So like, are they socializing? No. And, you know, a lot of times their recesses were shortened because they had to get other kids outside. Um, so there's a lot like, and everyone just tried to make it work. And that's of no one's fault. Like the schools were doing their best to try and figure out this puzzle piece that we didn't really have a lot of information on, but more so as a parent talking to other parents about what was happening to their kids at home about, children's mental health issues. I mean, I have a friend who has four children. Their ages range from four to 16. And like the impact, especially on the 16 year old, like here I am, you know, I've got little ones at home and I'm like, how do I keep them entertained? My house is breaking. And she's like, well, he's gone into a depression and he's not talking to his friends anymore. But he was, you know, doing five different sports a week. He was honor roll student and now he doesn't want to, he's not motivated to do anything. And so there's, the mental health piece that happened with our teens was awful and it's still awful. And them going into high school and not socializing. None of that, it, it hasn't been happening. Like they were literally just in their homes and the teenagers all wanted to get vaccinated because they wanted to go out and feel safe. I think the biggest piece was I, in my situation, felt it really hard, but I didn't realize that the high end of the the kids spectrum was actually getting it a lot worse because they're going to remember all of this where my kids probably won't remember in context a lot of it. Exactly. So the impact is not as long. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of, I, I remember like when you're going through your teenage years, you're going through so many hormones, you're, you know, that's when you start liking other people and it's just a whole world of emotions. And I can't imagine like not seeing people during that yeah. time, but also like, I feel like a lot of teens, not all of them, but a lot of teens, that's like the tough time with their parents. You know what I mean? That's when they're testing their parents and there's a bit of struggle there. And so to be at home with your parents all the time as a teen, like I I feel like would be very difficult on both ends for both the teen and and the parents. So I can't imagine like just the added stress there. Um, So if we could wrap up COVID because <laughs> yeah I know we've talked about it all, all for like the past year and a half it's all very important though and we knew that you would have great insight for, yeah. for our audience but just to wrap it up like if you could have one piece of 
of advice for parents going through the shutdowns, the reopens, the unknown of if it's virtual, if it's not, and the constant changes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what, what would you tell that parent? I would say, obviously, like I know every parent is doing the best they can and trying to, like we were saying earlier, make it as normal as possible. Mm-hmm. I think, well, we don't, obviously no one knows the future, but we'd like to hope that it's not a permanent way to be and just to remind our kids because they accept new things so quickly. But also parents need to, when they can, take a break too because we are so in it for our kids and we're so there trying to get through the workday, get food on the table, do the laundry, manage the house that we're stuck in. And now that people are going back to work, you know, that it just gets busier. But all in all, I think at the end of the day, kids are better if you're better. So make the hour to do your workout or go for a walk or go out one night and see, be like, I'm not doing dishes tonight. I'm going to go see my friend because I think the more we take care of ourselves, the better parents we are. So that's not from a teacher point of view. That's just a, you're a better mom and dad if you are well-rested, well-fed, well-exercised, and probably having just a little bit of time for yourself. Okay. So we got to know, we want to know the story about your, one of your close friends and give us, give us the juice. She, yeah, she was the one I was, she is my best friend. She is a single mom. She is a very successful person. Um, She's my hero. And after the events of that evening, she is legit forever my hero. Um, So she has a daughter her and I were pregnant together with my last one and her. So they, they grew up like they're, they're broverly. Like they have their own hashtag. Like they need to get married because there is no other way. Yeah. Um, I'm forcing it to happen anyway. So we, we finally got a mat leave together. She had tried to get pregnant for a while and then Everly came and she's perfect. And she decided to go for round two. So everything was planned, you know, baby was on his or her way. We didn't know at the time. And her, she was induced. So it was supposed to be a very controlled situation because she was like, I have a daughter at home. I need childcare. We're getting induced. She's like, okay, I am not her birthing partner. Um, her birthing partner, who has the same name as me, actually, the other Trisha. Um, she, they had tried, I guess, this one call. I don't know what it is, but your, your phone will ring only for one number. So they had tested it. It was supposed to have worked, whatever. And her sister was at the house for her daughter and her niece was there and the dog, it was like a freaking zoo. So I talked to her at 1030. She'd had two rounds of gels. She was super cranky, super hungry. And I was like, go eat. You're having contractions, go to bed, call the other Trish, tell her you're having contractions. I live four minutes down the road. I was like, call me if you need me. I'll leave my phone on 2.30 in the morning. No, 2.45 she called and she's like, I need you to take me to the hospital. I was like, yep. I popped my contacts in, was at her house in five minutes. And by the time I got there, her sister was holding her surrounded by all of her hospital bags in the back laneway of her house. And she was on the phone with 911 being like, you need to get here. And she was crowning in the driveway. And I was like, okay. I like pulled in. I had my husband's car. I like the doors were open. I dropped my purse. The car was running. I ran into her house and I used to live with her a long time ago. My husband and I lived with her before we bought our first house. So I was like, I'm sorry, but fuck, we're going to have a baby in the driveway. Like, this is tacky. I'm going to go get blankets. And so like, I ran into her house. I went up to get her old blankets out of the linen closet. And I don't know how her sister got her in the house. Cause she has like San Francisco style, like townhouse stairs up the back. Uh-huh. And they literally got her and she still got 911 on the phone. And we, she had just had her kitchen beautifully renovated. It's white. And we got to the kitchen on the floor and it was like, it's go time. So the 911 operator was not helpful. He kept telling me to calm down. I'm like, I am calm. You were just talking to her sister. You need to tell me what to do. This baby is coming. And he's like, I know she probably feels pressure. I'm like, no, she is 10 centimeters dilated. She is fully crowning. I've had three kids. I can see this baby's head. We're going. And he was like, I don't know. It sounded like that teacher from peanuts. And I was like, take the phone away. And I was like, all right. I like literally squatted down, tied my hair up. And I was like, let's do this. And so baby, she's like, I have to push. I'm like, so push. So baby was faced the wrong way. So we tried to turn baby. And that's when I noticed the umbilical cord was wrapped like across her face. Well, baby's face. We didn't know if it was boy or girl and baby was blue. So I was like, stop pushing. 
And like every ounce of information that I know about childbirth, or I watched a lot of Call the Midwife, thank God. Yeah. Um, seriously, that BB show probably saved a lot. But I went in and I was like, stop umbilical cord. And so I unwrapped the umbilical cord twice. This umbilical cord was like a skipping rope around baby's neck. And then I was like, baby's blue, like give it hell. And baby was born. It. Oh I got there at 256 and baby was born by 303. Like it was oh. fucking fast. Oh my goodness. Like she shot a baby at me. Yeah. So baby was not responding. The 911 person was like, get a cord or a shoelace. So like her sister's running around the kitchen, literally cut a shoelace off a running shoe in her kitchen. And we like tied off the umbilical cord and baby finally, like I was like, we need to suction. I was going to start CPR because she was not responding. And then she just turned Well, baby turned and looked at me and then her color came. And then I actually looked and I was like, it's a girl, which yeah. she was convinced. She was convinced it was a boy. Not at all. She's like, what do you mean? It's another girl. I'm like, it's a girl. She's like, oh my gosh. And then about three, four minutes later, the first set of paramedics showed up and they tried to like, just make sure she, mom was stable. Baby was great. Baby was amazing. She was like healthy and kicking. But then I was like, do I have to deliver a placenta? Like, I really don't want to. I'm sorry. Like baby is one thing. And there's a lot of crap that got shot out at me, but like, I do not want to deliver a fucking placenta. I'm your bestie and everything, but that's but like, where I draw the line. I didn't even look at my own births and I've had three, like, I didn't want to see it. I, I, I told everyone, don't look at the lights in the hospital. Cause it reflects. It's like a mirror. They ask you, I'm like, I don't want a mirror. Don't look up either. The lights are the worst part. I was like, I don't want to see it. I don't, I don't want to know like just baby. I, I'll, I'll stay up here. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 it can stay for like up to five minutes. And I, I was like, that's fine. And the midwives were supposed to be there because um, her water broke at one and it was 2.45 before she called me. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why didn't you call me when your water broke? We could have been in a hospital with our feet up right now. And some doctor could be stitching you instead of you laying on your kitchen floor. She's like, I felt fine. I'm like, you're, she's amazing. But she literally like, laughed smiled through the whole thing the midwives there was three midwives four ems people eventually she ended up staying home she never went to the hospital they did all like the afterbirth and everything and all the cleanup like in her family room and so yeah i eventually her mom came over we got her older daughter to daycare because it's all happening like in the middle of the night her poor niece came up and she's like nine years old. She came up in the middle of it. Cause we threw the dog in the basement because the dog's running around like, like there's a baby coming. We don't need the dog. <laughs> <laughs> she's like getting her nose. She's the cutest little boxer, but she's like right in your face, but yeah. like, not necessary. Um, so her nine-year-old niece came up and was like, Oh, actually, I think Addie's older than nine now, but anyway, she came up and then went back down. And then I was like to her, her mom, I was like, you might want to go talk to your daughter. I think she saw most of that. <laughs> and then like two, two weeks later, her mom sends me this picture. She's like, do I need to start therapy now? And it was, she had drawn a picture for school and it was like her aunt laying on the kitchen floor with a bat, yellow hazmat bag with a placenta. And it was like labeled placenta. <laughs> That's so disgusting. <laughs> I was like, oh dear, but she did so well. And like, she got to be a part of like the whole birth too. And she's old enough to know and she's very mature for her age. So that was okay. We just tried to like cover some of the blooding and the, the mess, but the placenta in a, a hazmat bag. And then the midwife was like, I was like, what do I do with this? Like I'm holding this bag. And she's like, well, you can bury it in the backyard, but you got to bury it deep because the raccoon, you can put it in the freezer and save it till garbage day. I'm like, can I just put it into like the garbage bin. And my friend was like, absolutely. Like just go throw it out. I'm like, okay. So her sister messaged, she stayed there with her for a couple of days and she messaged me on garbage. Day. She's like, I just put a placenta out with the garbage. Like I never thought I would be saying that, but that's so gross. Oh my God. What a like, scary, like that, that I, I started having um little like, little pains like anxiety pains when you were talking about like the the slight complications in the beginning with it was terrifying I I can't imagine like and and it's just you guys there right it was yeah and yeah it was um the scariest moment of my life yeah because here I am and I was just where my best friend was like oh I was so happy when you showed up like I felt fine I was like I'm glad you trust me because I don't trust myself and it was just I was just worried that 
she was going to crash or something was going to happen to the baby or yeah. all of the unknowns. It took me a couple of days to actually like calm down. So when all was said and done, like, yeah, her and I had Tim Hortons at nine o'clock on her couch and or eight 30. And I, we had a good cry and then a good laugh over the fact that I've now seen all of her. Yeah. <laughs> what an incredible story. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Sharing it. Yeah. It was, um, not something I ever want to do again. <laughs> <laughs> but you're happy you did. You're happy you got you guys got to experience that, right? I'm sure she would have preferred to probably be like in the safety of doctors and nurses yes. surrounding her. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes. Agreed. Me too. Go. But it, it's good. I'm just happy that they're perfect. Yeah. And everyone's healthy and happy. Yeah. That's all that matters, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cute. Oh, this That's is such that, a good conversation. Yeah, that was a good way to positive on everything yes yeah exactly but we're so so grateful that you carved out time in your schedule to chat with us we know how busy you are we really enjoyed this conversation it was funny it was so informative and you're just like you're super a mom so (laughs) thank you (laughs) okay my love all right thank you night and enjoy the rest of your wine yes yeah i will thank you (laughs) bye good night okay that was a crazy story but the entire time that she was telling us it i was like how nice would that have been if christina delivered my baby stop i was thinking the same thing and i'm like i hope tash is feeling the same way right now (laughs) i put that on my resume right (laughs) yeah it could be yeah i know i'm essentially a midwife (laughs) i would be snapchatting the whole thing i have my medical (laughs) medical degree yeah (laughs) When you put your name down, you just put doctor Natasha. <laughs> well, really, who's doing the research to see if I know. it's true, you know? I know. No one questions a doctor. So Dr. Trisha Gordon <laughs> <laughs> gave us some really, really good insight on how to prepare our little ones that go to school. Even though our kids are not in school, I still took so much away from that because yeah. I feel like you can apply that to any new situation that both of you are going to encounter. Like I took a lot of what she said about daycare to heart, mm-hmm. like the way that you just teach them how to be independent. So, you know, it's, it's not relying on someone else. You know what I love? I love that a teacher wrote a book. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah. That she took her years of experience in the field and she applied it to a life lesson and made it a book and like a resource that even her school uses. I think that's so incredible. Oh my god, I know. Like, and and the fact that she made it in such like an unknown and like dark time, mm-hmm. she made it she like circled back to the foundation of what kids need to be learning, which is like kindness mm-hmm. and like you know what I mean? Like I feel like that's almost shoved to the side. Kind, yes. Kindness, sharing. It's like no, don't share. Yes. No, you keep your toys, he keeps his toys. Don't touch. Like mm-hmm. It's like we're everyone's the- dangerous. Everyone's dangerous. Yeah. Not everyone's kind or everyone has a good heart. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. So she's like bringing it back to the foundation of what kids should be learning. Learning. I love that. Like when she was talking about it, I was just like, I don't know. It was like a weird feeling. It was like my heart was opening up. I was just like, yes, like yeah. that's that's what our kids need. You know so. what I think it would be a really good idea too is for people who are celebrating or are intending to celebrate little kids' birthdays in the upcoming months ahead, since the future is so unknown, mm-hmm. if you are going to have a party, you know, because I would always do like a little goodie bag, mm-hmm. I would almost buy the book and and have that like learning resource mm-hmm. gift as the takeaway I love for every that. kid and for every kid at the party, mm-hmm. depending on obviously how many you have at the party. But what a great lesson, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll have the link to the book Mm -hmm. um, in our show notes so that you can take a look and buy it and support this amazing entrepreneur mom, Mm -hmm. teacher, savior, savior, guru, (laughs) teach me (laughs) what else we're going to include in our show notes. And as always in our stories Mm -hmm. and our Insta posts. Drink rating. The drink rating for ready one two three mag pop. <laughs> oh my god! You know what that reminds me of? Dirty pop. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? Mm, <laughs> I love it. I don't have it. I don't have the mag pop where I keep all my like 
supplements. I actually have it where I keep my glasses like, oh, okay. to drink from. Yeah. So I remember because all my supplements sit at the top. I can't even reach it. <laughs> I'm not taking supplements at the end of the day because I forget. Yeah. So I have it there and I always remember to grab a pouch. Either I do it before bed or I do it in the morning. Such a good reminder. And the ingredients here too are so simple, which is great. Um, and magnesium apparently is so good for you, mm-hmm. for your bones, um, your metabolism. So it's like, first of all, we're getting to the age where like maybe osteoporosis might be a thing. So <laughs> yeah, strengthen my bones. I need energy. I feel like I can never get enough of it. Yeah. And it's like the good energy. It's not like the shakes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Do you like that? I love you. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes, you're right. Do you agree? Yeah, it's not jittery it's or not anything. Jittery. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you can take it before bed. It's just like a nice like, ah. I never thought about doing that. Yeah, it's so good. Try yeah. it before bed. Have you tried it before bed yet? No, I haven't. Girl. And because there's no sugar in it. So duh, it's yeah. not going to amp me up. So good. Oh, I yeah. love it even more. So yeah. what's your what's your final verdict? <sighs> My final verdict, and I'm going to compare this to, I also tried a different brand before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very popular on TikTok, I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I definitely like this more. I'm going to rate it a 9.3. I'm going to rate the Magpop a 9.5-er. Damn. So we're going to put the link for the Magpop in our show notes along with Trisha's book from Amazon. And that wraps up today's epi. Until next week, we'll see you later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support our pod baby, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and leave us a rating and review. To catch all the latest from us, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at mammology underscore CO. Let us know if you're listening by taking a screenshot and tagging us. We'd love to say hi. Hi.